0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to have some time for some open line coming up at one o five today, and we can take a little bit of a departure away. Uh, from we can't on the order stuff too and I mean look they've got injuries we know that there's going to be some challenges they're at 11 and 10 they're they don't have a record that I think they were hoping to have at this stage I think that's a given Uh, but we're going to have some fun on today's show too um We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply serving a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. 99.90 Jasper Avenue open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Just before we bring aboard John Shannon, because we're going to get his thoughts too for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. I'm going to bring Brendan Escott in. Brendan, I know you're watching the World Cup. We're all watching the World Cup. It did not go well for Canada against Croatia. And what I want to ask you, uh, because I think we can all agree Canada had a pretty good first game. They just didn't score against a real good team in Belgium. Although some of the players from Belgium are saying they're too old to uh, win the World Cup. is Was there a tactical error made uh, by John Herdman? Uh, with his quote-unquote, let's go out and uh, uh, F Croatia, especially given that Croatia was in the World Cup final in 2018. They've still got a really good midfielder. Luka Modric, as we all know, uh, is a a star player internationally. Uh, Alfonso got a great goal because uh, I think there's – different perspectives on this uh some people would say well come on nobody really cares that much if they cared that much why do they let Davies score you know two minutes into the uh, match yesterday um I, I I want you know I wonder a bit just with today's generation of of athletes and players out there that are totally attuned to social media I'd like to get your take on it Brennan. Did, did uh, maybe maybe his exuberance come back and bite him a bit.
1: Uh, you know what? I, I think that he needs to be able to supply that kind of motivation to his team. So I don't want to fault him for that. But the bulletin board material that that became for not only the Croatian team but the entire country of Croatia, I think, may have nipped them a little bit. Would I think he do, do? I think he'd do it differently next time. Probably. But at the same turn, you're trying to change a culture here. You're trying to work something up into a frenzy, and I think that they did that not only by their play on the pitch, but you know, obviously, what their uh, their very uh, media-friendly manager was doing
0: off of it. All right, uh, let's bring aboard a guy that has been around a long time, and he can certainly relate to something. and And I wonder if it's a bigger deal today, maybe than it was. 25, 30 years ago. We welcome back to the show for Legacy Eating and Going. John Shannon. Hi John, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. In this day and age of social media and, I mean, let's face it. People are different today than they were 25, 30 years ago. You got guys posting workout videos of themselves. Uh, uh, you know, look at me. This is what I, I mean, that's just you know, that's kind of how some guys roll today. I'm just wondering, what did you think of, of what happened with John Herdman?
2: Well, first of all, Canada got outplayed badly by Croatia.
0: Who are a better side. I'm than not them. sure that had anything to... Pardon me? Sorry, uh, they're a better side than them. I think you'd agree on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they might have the best midfield in soccer. Um, it's, so, um, li- I, listen, I, 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 I'm a Herdman supporter. I don't have any problem with what he did because he's been pretty consistent in the build up to this tournament about w- what it's gonna take to to create a winning attitude in Canada. You know, he's, he's a master motivator. Um, do I think he learned something from this personally? Yes, uh, probably more personally than he did from a team perspective. Do I think the Croatian soccer team Took it to heart and bullet, bulletin board material, maybe a little bit, yeah. but in the end, I don't think it mattered
0: one bit to them. Well, they did have a player reference you know, ma- it. Mattered
2: to fans. It mattered to fans. It mattered to fans in Croatia. Yeah, you know, and 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 you know what? Emotion. The one thing, Bob, I would tell you that that has be is is lacking. Not just in 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 this situation, but in all sports, is you know emotion and energy in sports we've become a little bit robotic and and the expectations have changed over the years i love controversy uh you know I, i i love you know emotion in these scenarios i i have i have no problem with what herdman did for his team and i think that john will learn from it so not to poke the bear as much but I, I don't have a problem with it, and I don't. Th- I think the Croatians were going to win the game, and uh, because they're a better squad, rather than what the bulletin board stuff said.
0: You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero. 6-3, your thoughts? I mean, Canada's come a long way under John Herdman in a relatively short time. They've got a lot of really good, impressive young players. Uh, they got absolutely scorched uh, throughout large portions of that game through the midfield. And as John mentioned, I mean, this this is a team that went all the way to the World Cup final. It was never going to be an easy draw for Canada. Belgium was ranked as high as they were. Um, I'm going to circle back to, the, and there's always been some debate on this, And that involves Wayne Gretzky in 1993 with Bob McKenzie. Bob was, I believe, a writer at the Toronto Star at the time. And there had been a piece written that maybe, you know, where we see in the drop-off in Wayne's game, and it was before game seven, and then Gretzky went out and had three goals and five points. uh, Or three goals, and, you know, the Leafs uh, got knocked out. Uh, People also forget that the officials missed a high stick in game six that would have given Toronto a five minute power play and did not uh, but uh, that was a pretty memorable incident and I know that you know Wayne would tell you ah, nobody nobody read that stuff do you think athletes read it at all what do you think uh,
2: I think it depends on which athletes I think it depends on which coach and which manager I, I think if you can you, you here's what I can tell you Bob and you know this as well as I do if the player doesn't read it, family does, and the family may phone and say, "Did you read what so and so said, or did you read what you know what happens?" Uh, over my experience in in, in all the years, I, you know what wives read a lot. Uh, spouses are and spouses are influential, and they get mad, and dads get mad, and moms get mad. Uh, and I'm not sure that the athlete gets as mad, but the, they they may not read it, but they'll hear about it.
0: Yeah, well, it's a, it's an interesting. I, I just wonder whether or not today's athlete, it's a bigger issue for today's athlete uh, because of. Some.
2: Oh, I don't, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, there's more access. I, than I really three. don't.
0: That's. That's the thing. There's so much access to information because of social media. It's out there immediately, you know. So anyhow, Uh, hey, it was a a good game for the Edmonton Oilers in New York. First of all, did you see that comeback coming?
2: No, but uh, uh, you knew, and I I really believe this, you knew that the Rangers had spent all their energy in the first two periods. You know, and I don't care what anybody says. You come from the West Coast to the East Coast and play a game a day and a half later, and and you play as hard as the Rangers did. Um, you're gonna, you're all your energy is going to be spent by the third period. So, I, I truly believe that's an issue. And that's by the way, I think that's an issue the Oilers have to be concerned about tonight. How to manage energy after coming off a, off the road trip to the East and playing. Florida tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would say to you that you know we the Oilers had a comeback in Winnipeg uh, at the start of the 1819 season where they were down uh, 4-1 in the third period. They came all the way back and ended up winning 5-4 in overtime. That was and I was against Connor Hellebuck. I don't know if he was the reigning uh, Vezina Trophy winner that year, but he's a pretty good goalie. And ironically, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think for me, John, and I'll ask our listeners right now. You can text us again on the Ashley Five Flores text line. Did you see it coming? I mean, realistically, the team hadn't scored against Ilya Sorokin, who was the NHL's uh, Player of the Week this week. He stopped 100 and I think 103 out of 107 shots. Um, you know, they didn't score against Sorokin. Uh, it had been a tough trip so far. Uh, you know, the Devils were rock, you know. Uh, Vitek Vanacek had a good start for them. He was first star. Then Sorokin was first star. I think for a lot of people out there, they were pleasantly surprised, John, with that comeback by Edmonton. Oh,
2: I, and why not? The, the one thing I would say is that, if you, you know, this, there's been a few games this season, Bob, where even though the team loses a game, uh, they have a really strong third period. Uh, and then they're able to manifest that into something else the next game. You know, after the Buffalo loss where they, uh, where they pelted uh, Eric Comrie so many times, they were able to come back with, with the start of a, a pretty good streak. Uh, you knew that, uh, you know, the strength of that third period uh, at UBS uh, that this team you know felt some pressure to to perform at the garden and and were persistent in getting their breaks you know they you know they didn't play well in the first period they were better in the second period and they were the dominant team in the third period at the garden so uh, it's it's one of those things that i don't know what it is with this club but they seem to be able to, you know, dig deep at key times and able to carve out a victory once in a while. It was, and it was, listen, at the top of that list, was it great to see Evan Bouchard finally do what everybody expects him to do, and that's use that shot and get pucks on net rather than have him blocked.
0: I had regular listeners to this show that text us on Friday saying the orders need to punt on Bouchard. And some of them have been... Honorable enough to text back today and say, "Bob, I was wrong." I'm like, "Well, I mean, it was a matter of time before something went in on the guy." And I just, you got to be patient with young defensemen. You know, the old Dale Talon line. You don't know what you got with a D until he's 300 games in the NHL, and and no better place to look for me than Cody Ceci. He he was super steady in Pittsburgh, and I think he's been for the most part. A really steady defenseman for for the Edmonton Oilers over the last couple of seasons, and if you told people in Ottawa that when he went, you know, had some challenges, was trying to be that offensive defenseman. Of course, they did have Eric Carlson there, but you know they, that that second offensive puck mover, and he sort of reinvented himself as a strong two-way D. I mean, that just reinforces: got to spend some time and be patient with defense.
2: Well, and and
0: you you know.
2: Professional hockey players don't gel at the same time. You don't say, okay, you're drafted at 18, you come up at 19, and 20 you, you learn, and 21 you're great. It doesn't work that way. Every every guy is humanly different. Uh, Evan Bouchard had a great year last year. Was there, a, was there a step back this year? Yeah, there was. But you know what? It, it helps to have some veteran voices around him Uh, and and you know he he was encouraged by the coaching staff to keep on shooting be patient with yourself you know as impatient as the fans are with players you know darn well Bob the players even more impatient and trying to force the issue and you could see that with, with with Evan doing what he was doing at certain points and overthinking you know, and and I mean, I heard you on uh, on Sportsnet on Wednesday night about being patient with Bouchard, and you were you were bang on. But you know, he he did deserve the criticism that he wasn't playing well, and then he had to manage that criticism somehow, some way, and and Sunday, Saturday afternoon, it finally paid off.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's interesting. You mentioned the the shot total against Buffalo, that spawned a five-game winning streak. That started, uh, you know, against the Carolina Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, I think we saw the Carolina at their optimal end and what they did to the Oilers, 7-2 in Edmonton. It's it's been, John, you know what it is? It's been an odd year. Like some teams that were out of it by Christmas last year vastly improved. New Jersey, uh, Detroit's a lot better than they were. Seattle, a lot better than they were. And you wonder a bit about Washington and Pittsburgh. You know, are, are they getting a little bit long of a tooth? And then the orders have been up and down. But the one thing that's got to be stated there's no excuses with injuries. And what better example than the Maple Leafs? I hate to do this, but um, Toronto has they're playing without their top three defensemen right now, John, and they keep winning games. You're watching that team. How in the heck are they doing that?
2: They're playing a much more complete game. Um, you know that this was a team that they thought was just offense only. Um, and you know, you know somebody actually described it to Austin Matthews is actually playing a 200 foot game. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that are being more defensive responsibly uh, as a forward than they have in the past. It has been a blessing for guys like Sandine and uh, Lilgren to be given more ice time with all the injuries and they've responded. And at the same time, Matt Murray, uh, and before him, Ilya Samsonov, have given them solid goaltending. So it's, 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 it's one of those things where again, early in the season where people were impatient with the Maple Leafs and they came off that Western swing and were calling for Sheldon Keith's head the team buckled down and started to play a real game of hockey at both ends of the ice, and that's why they've they've been able to do it. Their team leader is John Tavares, you know, and he, and he has been the team leader so so much this year that he's certainly the
0: most valuable player at this point. All right, John, great stuff. We'll hook up on uh, Thursday when we're in Minnesota. By the way, does Minnesota, like, did they need to get tougher with Ryan Reeves? Like, I didn't understand that trade from Bill Guerin's perspective. You already got Felino, You got Hartman. You got Greenway. When those guys play in a line together, they're probably the toughest line in the league that can actually play. kids out of the Western Hockey League are familiar with the name Mason Shaw. He's a hard nosed player. They have Brandon Duhame in that lineup. Uh, they got Middleton on defense. I mean, and, that, and that's going to be, you, you take a look at this window here. The Oilers get Florida tonight without Sasha Barkoff. Edmonton's going to be down four regulars up front as well. They go to Chicago who are now playing, John, I think the way people thought Chicago was going to play. They had a good start to the year. Yep, But, um, uh, and I, I, there was a piece that Mark Lazarus out of Chicago wrote about uh, Patrick Kane and it's uh, and then Minnesota, then home to Montreal. With with all due respect to, you know, Florida's a 500 team right now. So are the owners. And the Panthers were the best team in the league last year in the regular season. There might be a little bit of a, a window here, and you can only take it one game at a time, and we're not sure what evidence going to bring. But they're not playing maybe the same caliber of opponent as... And the Canadians are above 500. They're maybe a surprise this year. But at the end of the day here, John, this isn't necessarily a murderer's row Edmonton's going to play over the next little while.
2: No, all the reason that they... You know, these are points that they should be getting. Don't take anything for granted. The only thing about I would tell you about the Minnesota Wild, Bob, is the only way the Wild can win is if they're tougher. You know, they don't... They have too many young guys. Uh, you know, Kaprizov can't do it himself. Uh, They miss Fiala, and I think, sure they do. But I also think that you know Bill Guerin went and got a player that he was very familiar with, that Mark Andre Fleury was very familiar with, that's really good in the dressing room, and can probably help the morale of a team more than anything else. I'm not sure how much Ryan Reeves can play anymore, uh, because I don't think he's fast enough anymore. But the only way the Wild are going to win and make a difference is if they were tougher.
0: John, great stuff. Thanks a lot. Talk to you Thursday. Right on. 1252 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you in Oilers now. Uh, Mark in St. Albert says, Okay, Bob, I looked at my armchair GM comments that I made after the Oilers lost to the New York Islanders. Specifically, we need to trade Bouchard. Ugh, wrong again, as usual. And Mark adds from St. Albert, I definitely didn't see the Oilers' comeback coming. I stopped watching after the second period. I guess that I shouldn't have given up on the Oilers or Evan Bouchard or Dylan Holloway. Oh, well, I'm happy that I was wrong. That one comes to us from Mark and St. Albert. More of your texts coming up as well. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It is currently 1256 in Edmonton. If you're looking for the perfect holiday gift, you can join Oilers now in Vegas in January to see the Oilers play their Pacific Division rivals, the Vegas Golden Knights. This new West travel package includes airfare, three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Strip, great game tickets, and welcome reception with yours truly. For the... Orders now, Hockey Vegas package. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. And again, special thanks to everybody who made their way to NYC. And man, were they stoked, pumped, and jacked, and happy about how that uh, trip concluded for the Edmonton Orders. All right, that, that's, you know what's crazy? Brendan Escott's back. We were just talking about this during the break. Brendan, we've gone 57 minutes into the show and really haven't even talked about Matthew Kachuk. Think about that. Yeah. Like, has there been a bigger heel, to use a wrestling term, uh, in the eyes of the Oilers fans, uh, you know, the bad guy from the opposition team? Has there been another player like that over the last decade that you can think of?
1: Not in this market. I mean, I watched Brad Marchand torture the Canucks on occasion that was awesome. for a while. That was awesome. Um, but not in this market, right? That was the marquee matchup, and now it's missing uh, – well, last time it was missing Kachuk himself, right? And this time around it's missing Evander Kane, All right,
0: so you can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780-496-0063. Who's the player you've hated the most on an opposition team? Like, Matt Kachuk is in town. He's having a pretty good year for the Florida Panthers. Give me your thoughts. Uh, We can also open up the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, talk a bit about the uh, conclusion of the Oilers road trip and um, how Edmonton's going to work around having four forwards out of the lineup tonight against Florida. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. You, when we return on Oilers
1: Now.